2 Peter, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to this as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. This is God's word. Morning, everyone. Uh, My name's Scott. Uh, I'm the assistant minister here. Very happy new year, um, if this is the first time we've met since the new year. Um, Let me ask us a question as this new year kicks off. Um, How high up your priority list is your spiritual growth this year? Uh, Lots of things uh, that you could prioritize uh, this year. How high up the list is prioritizing some of the things mentioned uh, in our passage uh, this morning? Godliness, self-control, knowledge, love. Um, I guess all of us in in some way or other know that we should prioritize uh, those things. That should be a priority for us, but, but it's easy, isn't it, for those things to get squeezed uh, by, by all the other things uh, that we've got going on. It's just much harder to measure uh, progress in spiritual growth uh, in our lives than it is other things, isn't it? Um, so it's much easier to measure, measure progress in your career. Uh, maybe, you know, the steps that you're going to take this year, the skills you're going to add uh, to your CV, the, uh, the new responsibilities uh, that you're going to take on, you can measure that. Uh, in, a, in a real way. And maybe if you're the sort, uh, you, you can easily measure um, progress in your, in your fitness. Uh, maybe you've got a Fitbit uh, for Christmas and you, you've got your target steps. You can see the days that you hit it. You can see the days that you don't. Uh, maybe you've taken up running uh, for the new year. 
uh, as you as you build on your running. I don't know. I've never. I don't run. I'm not a runner. I hate running. Um, uh, but people tell me uh, if you're into running, you can, there's a point where you can tell uh, where it's making a difference. Uh, the, the same run that you, you used to always do is, is now a bit easier or you can do it a bit faster. Uh, your lungs aren't burning uh, quite, quite as much uh, by the end of it. You can measure uh, progress. But spiritual growth is a bit harder uh, to measure. How do, you, how do you quantify that? Um, how, how, do you, how do you measure growth in patience uh, with your kids? How do you measure a growing hunger uh, for God and his word? How do you measure a growing love uh, for your Christian brothers and sisters? How do you measure a growing desire to see others one uh, for the gospel? It's harder to measure, isn't it? I think broadly speaking, uh, this morning, I guess uh, we'll fall into one of two camps uh, when it comes to this whole area of of spiritual growth. For some of us, um, we'll just be feeling worn out. We'll be feeling worn out. Um, uh, We feel like like we've, we've been putting the work in, we've been working hard, we've gained lots of ourselves, lots of our time uh, to try and grow. But progress seems slow if it's, if it's discernible at all. You've put the work in, but you don't seem to get much out of it. And so you're just left feeling weary uh, with the whole thing. That's one grip. For others of us, uh, and I think, I suspect this might be more of us, uh, we might be wondering if it's even necessary. Do I need to grow uh, spiritually? I mean, we all know that, uh, that, that we're saved by grace uh, for Christians. We, we know that we're saved by grace. And, and so doesn't all this focus on spiritual growth and trying to work out how we grow, doesn't that get us dangerously close to legalism, a sort of works-based uh, faith? And so if we're in that camp, we're maybe just a bit casual um, about our spiritual growth. Well, this, um, this opening passage in, in 2 Peter, I think it speaks to, to both groups uh, this morning. It gives hope uh, to the first group, but it also gives a wake-up call uh, to the second. So to those who are weary and wondering if it's, if it's worth it at all, um, Peter will say, God's power is working in you. God's power is working in you. He has given you everything that you need. So keep seeking to grow. Growth is possible. Growth is possible. But but to those who who maybe don't think it's all that important, uh, who are a bit casual about it, Peter will say, don't kid yourself. Spiritual growth is absolutely necessary for each and every one of us. To ignore it um, is dangerous. And so the implication uh, for both groups is that we must prioritize um, our spiritual growth uh, this year. That's, that's sort of where we're, we're heading this morning. Um, before we dig in uh, fully to the passage, let me pray that God would speak to us uh, as, as we look at this passage. Let's pray uh, together. Father, if we know our need uh, to grow spiritually, uh, we know that, that it is hard, uh, that we uh, cannot do it in our own strength, that we need you uh, to work in us. So we pray that even as we uh, look at this passage this morning, you would be working in us a hunger uh, to grow, uh, that, we might, uh, that we might glorify you uh, through our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Great. Well, before we, we dig into the meat of the passage, uh, let's just lay some foundations uh, for 2 Peter. Um, start of a five-week series uh, in 2 Peter. So let me, let me make some introductory comments. Um, it's, it's always important to make some introductory comments to a sermon series, but I think it's more especially important with a, a book like 2 Peter. Um, I'm guessing if, if we sort of took a straw poll of favorite books uh, in the Bible, uh, even favorite books in the New Testament, um, I'm not sure how many people would stick their hand up for 2 Peter. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. If, if 2 Peter's your favorite book, come and tell me at the end and, and um, I, I'll be proved wrong. Um, it's not the sort of book, it's not a sort of cracker um, like, like Romans. And we're doing Romans in the student group and it's great. Every week there's some new massive truth uh, that you can dig down into. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's not got some of the high points of 1 Peter. Um, if you've been uh, in small groups this past term, you've been doing 1 Peter uh, it's got some wonderful things uh, to say, some real high points. Uh, but most of us, I guess, won't be that familiar uh, with what 2 Peter uh, has to say. But I think that's, that's all the more reason why we need to hear uh, what it says. And um, 2 Peter, it's not the sort of book um, that sort of makes you go, yes, um, if that's your temperament or whatever the equivalent would be. Uh, it, you know, you're not going to go, woohoo, 2 Peter, yes, necessarily. It might. Um, it is more of a warning. It's more of a warning uh, to us. Warnings, they're not always the most encouraging uh, of messages, are they? But they're often messages that we need to hear. Um, if you were in uh, London uh, back in the, uh, during the Second World War, during the Blitz, um, I guess uh, you wouldn't have, your heart wouldn't have uh, leapt for joy when you heard the air raid uh, sirens going. You wouldn't have thought, oh, yes, great. But you would have been glad of the chance to heed the warning, to get to safety, because the danger uh, when you heard that warning was real. And so it was important that you heard it and took note of it. I guess that's a little bit similar uh, to what, what 2 Peter is doing for us. It is that warning of a real danger. Uh, the danger that, that Peter's going to address is that, that Christians, genuine Christians, real Christians, will be drawn away uh, from Christ by the false teachers. Now, there are false teachers around uh, in 2 Peter's day, and the danger is that they will lead people to, to give up uh, their faith in Christ. Um, uh, flick over a page to, uh, to chapter 3, uh, where, where Peter sort of sums up his warning right, right towards the end of the letter. Chapter 3 of 2 Peter and verse 17 Here's the reason Peter's written. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. That's why Peter wrote to Peter. It's a slightly strange uh, thing to say, isn't it, at the end there? That you might not fall from your secure position. And their position is secure, but they still have to be on their guard that they won't fall away. Now, some of us um, hear that and think, but I thought a real Christian couldn't uh, fall away. Surely Jesus promises to keep his sheep uh, to the end. Yeah, I mean, he does do that. He does. But he also uh, says to us in letters like to Peter, to take seriously the danger that we might uh, give up. 
So God will keep you if you are his. But we have to continue to follow him to the end. Both those things are true. And to Peter acts as a warning to us not to be casual about our spiritual growth. And before we use the excuse that the warnings in the Bible are for non-believers, aren't they? To wake people up. We need to see that Peter's warning here is for Christians. He thinks that the danger of falling away is a real danger for the people he's speaking to, even though he is sure that they are genuine Christians. Look how he introduces the letter back in chapter 1, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. So he's writing to a group of Christians who have received a faith as precious as his, as precious as the apostle Peter who was with Jesus. And they are those for whom Jesus is God and Savior. But they still needed to heed the warning that Peter was about to give them. And so if they needed to heed that warning, surely we need to heed that warning too. And it isn't even that, that these Christians were sort of poorly taught in some way. You know, they just didn't really get the gospel that well. They were believers, but they were just a bit ignorant. Now, Peter isn't telling them things that they don't already know. I'm looking down at the end of at the passage uh, that we're looking at this morning, at verse 12 of chapter 1. He's kind of laying out, laying out the reason uh, for his writing the letter, and he says this. So I will remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. See, they know it. But Peter's aim is to refresh uh, their memories so that even after he's gone, they'll be able to, to endure, to remember. And Peter's warning is urgent because the danger they face is real. And it's even more urgent because Peter uh, won't be around uh, for that much longer to keep reminding them. And he knows that, that he will soon put aside his body. And he wants to prepare these Christians for when he's not there. So Peter gives them uh, this warning, this reminder of things they already know. And as he begins it in chapter 1, the, the passage that we come to uh, this morning, he addresses the, the issue of spiritual growth. Because it is growth that will keep them going So it's the same for us. If we want to keep going as Christians, we must grow. Let's dig down into the passage a bit more then. And the first thing we're going to see in in verses 3 and 4 is that growth is possible. Growth is possible. Let me read again from verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these things, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Peter there is saying that growth, spiritual growth, is possible because God has given us everything we need for a godly life. 
God has held nothing back from his people. His divine power is at work. It is working in you if you're a believer this morning. So, of course, growth is possible because it is his power working in us. Just, just, think, about his, uh, just think about that for a minute. The, the divine power working in you is the same power that upholds the universe at every moment. The divine power working in you is, is the same power that gives you the strength to fight persistent sin. The divine power that raised Christ from the dead has given you everything that you need to be patient with that colleague that you really find difficult. He has given us everything that we need. But let, let's, let's get real for a minute. That is so often far from our experience. Um, uh, we, we, we don't uh, often uh, experience that. And so we can, we're tempted to think that we're missing out on something. And maybe we, maybe we need something extra for this sort of spiritual growth to happen. Maybe we need some grand spiritual experience um, or a, a, a special piece of uh, knowledge or information that, that we haven't had yet. That, that was a very real danger for Peter's uh, first hearers. And see, these false teachers were, were around promising something extra. Uh, come over here and we'll tell you the real secret uh, to, to growth uh, in the Christian life. But Peter wants to assure them that they don't need uh, anything extra. Look, look down at verse 3 again. His divine power has given us everything we need for our godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. See, there is no special knowledge uh, over here. There is no uh, grand experience uh, that these Christians haven't experienced. They just need to know Jesus. They just need to know the gospel through the gospel, he has given us his very great and precious promises. God is not holding anything back uh, from us. He's given us everything uh, that we need. Uh, and wonderfully, through those promises, through the gospel, um, he, we have been changed uh, fundamentally already. Look at verse 4 again. So that through them, that's the promises, you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's a slightly strange thing that, that Peter says. What does it mean that we participate in the divine nature? And people get tied up in all sort of knots uh, trying to work out uh, what, what he means by this. Um, it is quite a pagan way uh, of, of describing uh, what has happened to the Christian. But, but Peter uses uh, what was a pagan idea in a, in a Christian way. Um, he isn't saying uh, that we somehow become God. Um, you know, I participate in the divine nature. I become, you know, I'm sort of now a part of God. He's not saying that. It is more a, a way of saying that when you trust in the gospel, you are united with Christ. You are in him and his spirit dwells in you. And so you cannot, you are not the same um, the perfectly holy God now dwells in you by his spirit. And so that can never result in, in a flatlining, uh, plateauing spiritual growth. Growth is possible. 
I don't know if you're the kind of person who, um, who likes trees. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I like trees. They're all right. Um, uh, the fascinating thing about trees is, is the, um, the, the, when you cut them open, the rings uh, of growth that you can see, you know, you can count how many years the tree has been growing, has been alive, by the, the individual distinct uh, rings uh, around the trunk. Amazing. Um, the tree is al- if the tree is alive, it has grown. You can see it uh, right, right in the, the center of its being. Even in, even in years where you know, it was maybe particularly cold and the conditions weren't that good, there will still be a, a very thin layer of growth. As soon as, the, as soon as the tree stops growing, stops producing that growth, it, it's essentially dead. It might still be standing, but it's not, it's not alive anymore. What, what difference does that make for us? Well, I think it means that we have to stop waiting for God to do something extra uh, for you or in you. And we can't use that as an excuse for a lack of spiritual growth. What do I mean by that? Well, we have to stop waiting for our circumstances to change uh, before we prioritize our spiritual growth. The sort of things uh, we might think about here. You know, I'll, I'll think about my spiritual growth. I'll focus on it. When, um, when work settles down, when's that going to happen? Um, I'll, I'll think about my spiritual growth when, uh, when the kids are a bit older and I've just got a bit more space to breathe. Um, I'll think about it, uh, whatever uh, you might insert there. But God has given us everything we need for a godly life now. And so we must prioritize our spiritual growth now. Now, now, of course, um, what it looks like to prioritize our spiritual growth will look different uh, depending on our life circumstances, uh, our stage of life. But that doesn't change the fact that growth is possible now, and so we must prioritize it. Uh, maybe you've been wondering, I've been going through, what are we talking about when we talk about spiritual growth? Um, that can sound a bit sort of abstract, a bit out there. Uh, and so Peter comes and grounds it for us by giving us some examples. What does this spiritual growth look like uh, in the life of a Christian? Uh, Look down again at verse five. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. There we go. There's some things to start us off. Um, it's by no means an exhaustive list. If you look through the New Testament, there are plenty of other things uh, that uh, the New Testament would urge us to grow in. And it's, it's not a sort of, um, it's not in sort of levels. Uh, it's not that you sort out one level and then you move on, uh, you advance uh, to the next. It's not that you pass goodness and so off on you go uh, to the knowledge uh, section. And the point is, uh, that there is meant to be progress uh, in, our, in our Christian lives. Our faith doesn't exist in a vacuum uh, where over here are the things that I believe in and over here is the way that I behave uh, every day. No, Peter is saying that our faith is supposed to impact on our behavior. And so we are to make every effort uh, to grow. We're to possess these qualities in increasing measure. Um, So more and more, God's power and promises are to change uh, who we are. 
So no matter how long I've been a Christian, uh, no matter how far it feels like I have to go, uh, we are uh, to, to grow in increasing measure. And I think this, uh, this list that he gives us is a helpful list um, to stop um, and ask ourselves some, some important questions and um, to do a sort of spiritual health check uh, as we start this new year. This is where Peter gets practical. What does it look like? Um, and so as, as we go through the list, I'm just going to throw out some questions that you might want to think about uh, uh, to, to, to gauge uh, your spiritual growth. I mean, you won't be able to answer all of them. Uh, you wouldn't want to focus on all of them at once. That would be a bit overwhelming. But, but here are a few as we go through. So we are to add to our faith goodness. Here's some questions. It is what I do good. Um, am I acting out of a desire to bless others? Where is what I do not good? How might I begin to change at that? Add to goodness knowledge. So how am I seeking to, to grow in my knowledge of God? How can I grow to know him more uh, through his word? How much of a priority is it uh, for me to be at church on a Sunday or at midweek group? Add to knowledge, self-control. In what ways do the things that I learn about God work out uh, in my life? Uh, do, they, uh, do they strengthen me uh, in the battle against sin? Am I more able to resist temptation? Where, where might I need to fight harder? Add to self-control, perseverance. Am I able to fight sin once? Uh, am I able to go on uh, fighting sin day after day? Am I able to hold on to the promises of God more than I used to? Can I go on trusting him even when life gets difficult? Am I growing in perseverance? Add to perseverance, godliness. Um, does the way I live reflect God's character and his priorities? Is that more true of me now than it was this time a year ago? or five or ten years ago? And who at church knows me well enough to challenge me about my godliness? Add to godliness mutual affection. Do I find myself more able to love my brothers and sisters in Christ? Not just the ones who I like, but maybe especially the ones who I find hard to love. Are there practical things I could be doing to grow in my love for them. Add to mutual affection, love. Do I love people? Not just my friends, my family, but increasingly my enemies. Does love characterize my interactions? Those are a few questions that you could ask as you seek to grow in some of those areas. I don't know, as, as we went through the sort of list and, and thought about some questions about how that made you feel, maybe it just made you feel a bit battered. You think, oh, gosh. That's maybe especially if you're the sort of person who's pretty hard on yourself uh, to begin with. But this list, this urging uh, to grow, it's not meant to, it's not meant to bruise us. Um, it's meant to urge us on. 
Remember, it's not about arriving, um, it is about growing. And more than that, remember that God has given you everything that you need uh, for a godly life. Growth is possible. Growth is possible, but uh, uh, Peter then goes to stress, goes on to stress that, that growth isn't an optional extra. Um, this is not for the sort of super keen, you know, the advanced uh, course. Um, it's not just for, for people who have lots of time on their hands or for those in, in particular uh, positions of leadership. You know, this growth is possible for every Christian, uh, but it's not just possible, uh, it is also necessary. Growth is necessary. That's our second uh, big point this morning. Peter, Peter gives us some reasons uh, why that growth is necessary. Uh, firstly, uh, look down again at verse 8. Verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I guess none of, us, none of us like being the redundant uh, member of a, a team um, the one who makes no impact. Uh, j- just imagine for a, a, a moment, I don't know, you're having your annual review uh, at work uh, and your supervisor comes to the conclusion that your net contribution to the overall effectiveness or productivity of the company was approximately zero this past year. Gosh, don't, th- don't think you're going to get much of a bonus uh, there. Um, or, or, or imagine your, uh, your supervisor at, at school, maybe your teacher, uh, says that from all of your lessons... Uh, through the whole year, not one student has learned anything. Nothing. Um, what, a, what, a, what an awful waste of time. But Peter's saying, without spiritual growth, uh, that is what we risk being, uh, ineffective and unproductive. We might know Jesus, but if we're not growing, well, that knowledge won't make much of a difference. Uh, it won't add much uh, to the church, it won't uh, attract others uh, to Jesus. So if you want to make a difference uh, for Christ, you need to be growing. Uh, that's quite a pragmatic reason, isn't it? Um, it's, not, it's not all pragmatics. I look at verse 9. Verse 9, Peter ups the stakes a little bit more. But whoever does not have them is short-sighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sin. To stop at growing uh, is to risk spiritual blindness. That's a, that's a pretty serious thing uh, in the Bible. See, blind is how the Bible describes what we were before uh, God opened our eyes to the truth of the gospel. And so if we're not growing, uh, we are at risk of forgetting that Jesus has cleansed us from our sins. Now, it would be easy to say, wouldn't it? But I haven't forgotten that. I might not be prioritizing my spiritual growth, but I haven't forgotten uh, that I have been uh, cleansed from my sins. Well, the point is, is not that you've uh, forgotten it in, in the sort of, I don't know, you know, I can't remember it. The point is, if, that you're, not, if you're not growing, then you're living as if that cleansing had never happened. And if I know I have been cleansed of my sin, I'll want to grow. I want to grow in godliness and self-control and love and, and all these things that, that Peter is mentioning. It's, it's beginning to, to get a bit serious, isn't it? Two Peter's upping the stakes 
In case we're in any doubt, uh, Peter continues uh, to up the stakes in verses 10 and 11. Look down with me at verses 10 and 11. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter urges the Christians again to make every effort. They're to make every effort to confirm their calling and election. It's a significant thing to say. Um, That should should take us by surprise a little bit. What Peter's doing here is he's not denying uh, the doctrine of election, the fact that it is God who has chosen uh, his people. Nor is he denying that it is God who calls individuals uh, to come and follow him. He's not suddenly saying that that we earn our salvation uh, by the things that we do. But he is saying that without spiritual growth, you can never be sure that God has elected and called you. Because spiritual growth is the ongoing evidence of those realities in your life. And so the big implication then is take your spiritual growth seriously. Make every effort. That's that's the big implication of of what Peter's saying. But what does it look like uh, to make every effort? What might that look like? And Peter doesn't really spell out for us. He doesn't give us specifics. But I guess it, it must start by using the means of grace that God has given to us. Those, those things that he has given to us to keep us going, uh, to keep us uh, firm in the faith. So most fundamentally of all, it, it means hearing God's word. And whether that's at church or in small groups on your own, that is the chief way that we will keep going. As we hear what God says, as we're reminded of the gospel, and as we're challenged uh, to keep growing. So that begs the question, how much priority in my week is it uh, to hear God's word? How much is it my first priority and how much does it just fit in around everything else that I've got going on, a sort of optional extra? Making every effort, it must also mean that, that we have other Christians who can encourage and challenge us. Who is it who's going to tell me when I'm making a bad decision, when I'm getting my priorities wrong? And so at the start of this new year, let me encourage us to to be that as church together and to encourage each other to keep growing. That would be a great thing to do. How else might we make every effort? It might mean just being intentional about seeking to grow in, in one area of your life. Pick something. Um, doesn't matter what, an area of your life, character, and commit to praying regularly that God would help you grow uh, in that area. Those are just some suggestions of what it might look like to make every effort. There's lots of other things uh, you might do. As we, as we um, come, to the, come to a close, what, if we are making every effort, two Peter says, uh, two things will result. If we do this, two things will result. Firstly, verse 10, you will never stumble. Um, Peter's not saying that, that Christians won't sin uh, if they're growing. He's not, he's not using stumbling in that way. 
but he's saying stumbling in a, in a falling away uh, sense. People ask this all the time, don't they? How, how can I know that I won't fall away? How can I know uh, that I won't fall away from Christ? Well, part of the New Testament answer is that, that Christ will keep us. Christ will keep us. That's how we'll persevere to the end. And, and that's probably particularly what we need to hear uh, when we lack assurance. We need to hear that very clearly. But there is another side uh, to the New Testament's answer to how do I keep uh, going. And it is the answer that we get in 2 Peter that I keep growing. Spiritual growth stops me from falling away. And so you cannot sit back uh, in the Christian life. There's no sort of neutral gear where you can just coast along. If you're not growing, uh, you're probably going backwards. I mean, if you know people who, who maybe once professed faith but have fallen away, I guess you'll know that it doesn't, it doesn't usually happen out of the blue uh, suddenly. And there are signs uh, along the way. There are changes in, in people's priorities. There's decisions that they make that, that stop them uh, from growing. And maybe it's a, a stepping back uh, from church, um, a refusal to, to hear uh, God's word and to prioritize that. So if you want to be sure that you won't fall away, uh, 2 Peter says, keep growing. Don't play around with your Christian life. It's not a thing uh, to be played with. Don't be complacent uh, or lazy. Because if you do, then falling away becomes a real danger. That's the sort of uh, negative result, uh, as it were, uh, uh, what, uh, what will happen if we, if we take our spiritual growth seriously. We won't fall away. But Peter rounds it all off uh, by urging us, uh, reminding us of the positive impact uh, of spiritual growth. Why is it all worth it uh, at all? Look down at verse 11. If you do these things, you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, one of the big reasons we don't take our spiritual growth um, seriously is that we're, we're too focused on what's in front of us, on the here and now. We're so busy dealing uh, with the immediate that we forget that Jesus is coming back. But Jesus is coming back. Uh, and when he does, he will richly welcome all of those who have persevered, who have kept going, kept growing to the end. That's a welcome you don't want to miss out on. And spiritual growth can feel like hard work in the here and now. But in the light of eternity, in the light of Jesus' return, no amount of effort or sacrifice will seem too much. So when you're tempted to prioritize other things in your life, remember that Jesus is coming back. That's 2 Peter 1. Urging us to make every effort to grow. The danger of falling away is real. The joy of being with Jesus for all eternity is real. Growth is possible in our lives. We have everything that we need. God has given it to us. Growth is necessary. Don't be complacent. Hear the warning of 2 Peter and work out what it means to make every effort to grow. Let's pray together.
Father, you know that, uh, that we find uh, spiritual growth hard. Uh, we so often don't prioritize it. Uh, we prioritize other things. Father, pray that, um, that the message of 2 Peter would, would encourage us, would urge us on uh, to prioritize that spiritual growth, to be serious about it, knowing that you have given us everything that we need. Father, we are saved by your grace and your grace alone, but we long to persevere to the end. Please would you keep us, and please would you call, cause us to grow. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.